Hi friends, I'm Dr. Cindy Leibert. And I'm Brooke Jack. We are your hosts of the Joy Prescription Podcast. In this show, we interview pioneering individuals who are integrating faith into their work and their spheres of influence in their respective fields of healthcare, coaching, psychology, and ministry. We dialogue at the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. In each episode, our guests will share their hard-won wisdom and strategies for intentional living, spiritual growth, and health stewardship. Together, we explore God's joy prescription, how He redeems our life stories and brings us into wholeness, mind, body, and spirit. We are so glad you're here to be a part of this conversation. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Joy Prescription Podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Cynthia Leibert. I'm an integrative family physician, wife, and mom of three. And I'm Brooke Jack, pastor, entrepreneur, wife, and also a mom of three. We're so glad you're here. The Joy Prescription Podcast is the place where we explore topics at the intersection of our passions, brain health, lifestyle medicine, and Christian spirituality. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses our voices to encourage you, reveal spiritual truths, and simply inspire positive change in your life, your health, your faith, family, and work. We invite you to take your learning further with us at thejoyprescription.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Our spiritual topic today is surrender the sacred surrender of our faith. And our medical topic is the power of faith in our health. We chose Galatians 2.20 to go along with our topic of surrender today. Brooke, can you please share this verse with us? Sure thing. So Galatians 2.20, this is from the Passion Translation, says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Oh, that's such a beautiful translation. Thank you for sharing. I actually have the new new international version here. It's one of the first scriptures that I memorized years ago. I'll read that for you. I have been crucified with Christ and I, Cindy, no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Unpack the scripture a little bit for us, Brooke. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, first, I just want to give a little bit of background and context for um, this verse within the whole of the book of Galatians. So we find that Paul was writing to the believers in Galatia to defend the true gospel message and to defend our true freedom in Christ. So there were these false teachers in the church who were teaching that those who had faith and Jesus Christ still needed to follow parts of Jewish law and observances, 
for their salvation to be complete. And circumcision was one of the big subjects of debate. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was really a serious thing because this was a a distortion of the gospel. Uh, This was a, a counterfeit message, which was essentially saying the work of the cross is insufficient. And so Paul was real eager to uh, set the record straight about what genuine Christianity looked like and to establish that the true gospel isn't one that's man-made, but one that is from God. And it's truly the simple gospel. Um, Believe, have faith in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. That's how you're set free from the penalty of sin. And I love what uh, Paul says here about being co-crucified with Christ because it was on the cross that Jesus accomplished for us what we couldn't accomplish for ourselves. And receiving that is is a grace. It's that free gift, that undeserved uh, favor as we find grace defined. And it's not something that we could earn. It's something that's just given to us freely. God's love without us earning it. And it's also defined, I've heard grace defined also as the power to overcome every evil tendency, which I love that definition because boy, do we need that. Uh Um, It is is our (laughs) evil human tendency to try to earn God's love, to try to be good enough through our own works. And that's essentially faith in ourselves. And so when we receive grace, we're surrendering that attempt to be our own savior, but we're embracing what Christ accomplished for us and we're putting our faith in him. And I love that uh, the Passion Translation even used the faith of Jesus Christ because it was his faithfulness that led him to the cross. So we put our faith not only in him, but in the faithfulness that he um, accomplished by going to the cross And so, you know, I think about it this way. It's, it's the embrace of grace that actually leads us into a disciplined life. So where we're not doing works to be saved, but rather we're doing these works now out of love. We're doing it out of a motivation of love for our savior who gave us the free gift of salvation through faith. And so that statement, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me is a declaration that my life is now influenced by faith in Christ. I'm living in dependence on Christ because I recognize that the source of grace that empowers me to live abundantly, to live in victory over sin comes directly from him. And it made me think of um, the verse in Colossians 3, 2, that says, uh, set your minds on things above, not on earthly th- things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And I love that there's just that recognition of the inward grace that's at work, that's driving and motivating our day-to-day actions, our day-to-day decisions to ultimately bring glory and honor to Christ. You know, on the outside, yes, the physical man is still there. We're still, you know, grocery shopping. We're still dropping the kids off at school. We're still very much, you know, human existence. But on the inside is there's a transformation and there's new life um, that at work that is empowering us, that grace. 
And so we can live in union with Christ as one with him, um, not for not living for ourselves any longer. Such a beautiful, sacred surrender. Thank you, yes. Brooke. That's amazing. I appreciate you sharing your insights. I love, love that verse. And it just, it's so, yes. it's counterintuitive to it die is. to yourself, to totally surrender all that you are, all your mm-hmm. desires and, and have that, have such a, an amazing, beautiful outcome yes. <laughs> that we get infused with the life of Christ. So yes. thanks for sharing. It's time to transition into our medical topic for today, which of course is related to the spiritual topic of surrender. Mm-hmm. The medical topic is the power of faith in God on our health. So we're going to explore why our faith and how our involvement in faith communities, how that has a positive impact on our health. And of course, there's many ways to analyze this, to examine this topic, but I'm today going to focus on what the scientific literature has to share with us. Most studies uh, have shown that religious involvement in uh, a group uh, and spirituality are associated with better health outcomes. We know that it leads to greater longevity, better coping skills, increased quality of life. And this is even true during our terminal illness at the end of life. Faith in God, we know also is associated with less anxiety, depression, alcoholism, drug use, and suicide, statistically. Harold Koenig is uh, from Duke University Medical Center, uh, the Department of Medicine and Psychiatry, and he wrote a very comprehensive review article entitled Religion, Spirituality, and Health, the Research and Clinical Implications. And so let me begin by saying that there's Of course, a lot of controversy and disagreement over the term spirituality, and I'm not going to dissect that today. (laughs) We know religion refers to beliefs, practices, and rituals that are related to God. And for my purposes of this discussion, I'm just going to use the terms religion and spirituality interchangeably. We could speak much on that, but I think that at the heart there similar when we're talking about having a relationship with God and being a part of a faith community that shares common beliefs and has different practices to celebrate God and commune with others and all of that. So uh, Dr. Koenig, he does a scientific literature review looking at the relationship between religion and spirituality and a plethora of common degenerative diseases like heart disease, hypertension, cerebrovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, other dementias, immune function, our endocrine function, cancer, even overall mortality, physical disability, pain, and somatic symptoms. And we don't have time to get into all the details here, but I want to just share with you the sweeping uh, significance uh, across the board. People involved in religion and spirituality had 
better health outcomes in all of these areas. So not surprisingly, the majority of studies about faith and health are actually on the topic of mental health. So I'm going to uh, give you some quotes here from the National Alliance on Mental Illness or NAMI about the major mental health benefits of religious involvement. Uh, they point out, I think, correctly that religion gives people something to believe in. And of course, this is important for humans where God actually designed our brains <laughs> to be hardwired for having faith and the ability to connect with him. Mm -hmm. Our faith yes. communities, they provide us with a sense of structure and they offer a way for people to connect around common beliefs and goals. And that all of that can have a positive impact on our mental health. We know just community and connection in general is so critical for humans and our, our health and our sense of safety and security and definitely being part of a faith community can foster good social connections. It can create a sense of belonging to a group and being a part of our communities can help with difficult life situations. Uh, for example, you know, when there's a death of a loved one just coming together uh, for some sort of ceremony or ritual to celebrate that life, that, that is a very important part uh, role that our faith communities can have for us. Uh, it gives us structure, regularity, predictability, all important things. Of course, there's so much more to it than, than uh, these benefits that NAMI is outlining. They also point out that religious affiliation gives us structured time for rest, holidays and other special times of the year. And boy, do we need more of that yes. <laughs> in our tendency to, to overwork in, in the modern world. We definitely need to be called to rest. And, and thankfully, God does that. We were just studying the fourth commandment about God gifting us with a Sabbath day every week to be able to rest and, and focus on him and have time to nurture our relationships and be with our families and be in worship. So we also know just through our study of the Bible that it gives us guidelines to live by and it helps us mm -hmm. to know how to do the right thing. <laughs> it teaches compassion, forgiveness, gratitude. All of this is important for our mental and physical health. Uh, scripture helps us to discern life lessons, particularly when we're going through hard times. It teaches that God uses everything for our good and for his glory. And our faith in God gives us a, sen a sense of connection to something, someone larger mm -hmm. than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it just helps us to kind of feel like we understand what the meaning of life is. And that's really an important thing for humans. And as we covered in our first episode, the Bible teaches that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So our faith actually leads us to incorporate healthy practices for our mind and our body, which of course has a positive influence on our mental health and our emotional well-being. God actually 
invented cognitive behavioral therapy. Counselors will use this technique to help people to be able to replace distorted thoughts, uh, overly negative thinking, jumping to conclusions, catastrophizing, things that we, many oh, of yeah. us <laughs> have uh, a tendency to do. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy um, teaches the person to replace, to identify those thoughts and replace them with something more in line with the truth. And so that's what the Bible talks about. Second Corinthians 10, five says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Mm. Just think about how powerful an impact uh, scripture has on our psyche. I just want to share a few of my favorite scriptures of renewing my mind and and how just calming and encouraging it is to my heart. And then the ripple effect that has in my emotional life. and, And we know to the rest of the body through these mm-hmm. uh, first Corinthians six nineteen says my body is the temple of the Holy spirit who dwells in me. Second uh, Corinthians five 17 says I am a new creature in Christ. Ephesians one, three, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Philippians four, seven, the peace of God guards my heart and mind. Mm-hmm. Philippians 4.19, God supplies all my needs. Colossians 2.10, I have been made complete in Christ. And Colossians 3.12, I have been chosen of God and I am holy and beloved. So beautiful to think about the many, many ways that our faith has a positive impact on our health. And, and just gives meaning and purpose to our lives. Yes. And it's, it's really neat that the scientific literature shows that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm just sitting here thinking as you're reading all of those scriptures and all of that truth that the Holy Spirit really is the greatest thought leader of all time. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, there's yes. so much out there about, you know, having these positive thoughts, you know, but these are not just positive, but they're truth thoughts. And they're, they, this truth that transforms us from the inside out. And it's just so awesome. Yes. The, our thoughts and this renewal of our minds, this process that happens when we are uh, dwelling on scripture and relying on our faith to guide us, it has a direct impact on our physical bodies. We know that these changes that happen when our bodies go into this kind of calm, balanced state, it actually helps to promote diversity and health of our microbiome, our, the gut bacteria. It's truly fascinating how science has shown that, that our different emotions influence the development of pathogenic bacteria when there's anger and resentment and fear. Um, so, and also the balance of our autonomic nervous system, our steroid hormone cascade, 
even our brain waves, our heart waves, that the interconnection of our brain and our heart and our heart rate variability change for the better when we're uh, in a state of knowing who we are in Christ and feeling, you know, secure and safe and connected. Mm -hmm. All of that is just uh, amazingly healing to our physiology. It's literally healing our minds and our physical bodies, (laughs) which uh, our mind and our physical body, of course, are kind of uh, interwoven in a very um, amazing, mysterious fashion, which we can explore deeper in future episodes. But it's time for us to wrap up today. I am excited for what is ahead. Next episode, we're going to be highlighting John 15, 14 and the spiritual concept of abiding in Christ. And we'll talk about the medical concept of the power of stillness on our human physiology, specifically cortisol, the stress hormone and the balance there. So Brooke, what's been your takeaway from our discussion today? You know, Cindy, I was thinking about, um, we don't do it alone. You know, we don't earn our salvation. We're not justified on our own. That's through the grace, uh, grace gift of Christ through his sacrifice. So we're, um, our life is, is now joined with his. And then even what you're talking about are the community. When we are um, expressing our faith and community, we're surrounded by others that encourage us. And we have the Holy Spirit too now in us, Um, helping us to live according to God's word. It's not something that we come up with on our own. It's um, through that act of surrender. And so none none of our faith walk, um, our spiritual walk is dependent on us. It's dependent upon our partnership and our life union with Christ. And so I love that we, we don't do it alone. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, it's such a freeing thing to be able to surrender to this idea that we don't have to, you know, have a tight grip on life. We don't have to control everything. <laughs> that mm-hmm. It's actually healing and life promoting to lay down our our control and surrender to God and, and just allow his spirit and power to flow through us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, to allow his thoughts to become our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about taking captive the thoughts. We surrender our own ways of thinking to his higher way of thinking. And that brings us so much more freedom and joy and right perspective Thank you, Brooke. Thank you for being here. And thank you so much for our listeners as well. We're thrilled that you're here and hope that you tune in for more Joy Prescriptions next week. In the meantime, you can go deeper with us at thejoyprescription.com. We encourage you to become a Joy Prescription community member to get access to all the behind the scenes content and join us for monthly soul care virtual retreats. Now go out and do that one new thing that brings you joy today. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Joy Prescription Podcast, where we explore the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. 
We invite you to take your learning deeper with us at thejoyprescription.com. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter and receive free weekly joy prescription devotionals. Bye for now.